All right, so uh, Father God, we uh, we love you, Lord. We thank you for uh, loving us, Lord. We thank you for calling us out, uh, setting us apart, Lord. You are uh, just a good Father. Uh, Lord, we're going to look into some of that uh, today, uh, how awesome you are and how just and holy you are. But uh, God, it is awesome to know that we are called sons of God, that we, uh, we are... Um, your bride, uh, and so you have a desire to um, just to minister to us, Lord. And there's uh, people who need ministering too, Lord. We think of Randy and Julie, and uh, just the fight that Randy's got going on with cancer, Lord. And my uh, God, we just pray that uh, you would just continue to be about that, Lord. That uh, the the mechanisms that you're, they're using to uh, fight the cancer would do the job, and that uh, you just get the uh, the honor and the glory for it, Lord. Just continue to allow them to be a a living epistle uh, through this, and uh, that you would uh, uh, just be magnified in their life, Lord. We do pray for. Pat, uh, as he's got the uh, uh, just the the task of praying for his daughter uh, and just trying to lift her up, Lord, and we just do pray that she gets the transplant that she needs and that uh, that, that things are uh, uh, taken care of the way that, that they need to be, Lord. And uh, Lord, there's a lot of things going on uh, even here um, close to home and uh, close to the passport class as well. We know that uh, each one of our families has something going on, and uh, God, you you want to be uh, the center of it. You want to, uh, you want us to call out to you and just plead to you. And Lord, at times we uh, draw farther away from you. Uh, Lord, we don't pray uh, when we ought because we don't know how to pray as we ought. And uh, God, I pray that you would just draw us closer to you individually. Um, and we do pray for Holly. Uh, she's uh, bearing a burden that uh, I want nothing to do with bearing, Lord. And um, Lord, you've called her to do it. And we pray that you just uh, give her health, uh, allow her to. Uh, just uh, endure uh, the rest of the pregnancy that you would uh, uh, just uh, bring forth uh, just two beautiful uh, baby girls, Lord, and that uh, there would be no problems uh, the rest of the way through with the birth or with anything else, God, and that you would just raise them up to uh, be children that love you. And uh, God, we do thank you for Holly and Brady and just really for everybody. who just give their life to the ministry. And uh, God, we do uh, pray that you just speak to us today uh, as we just kind of uh, turn the corner and look at what we're going to look at today, that you would just get the honor and the glory, Lord. I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in, in Romans here lately, Lord, but uh, you kind of gave me a different uh, viewpoint of things uh, as far as today goes. So I pray that you would just uh, uh, speak to us. Uh, in Christ's name, amen. All right, so if you got your Bibles, open up the book of Romans. And so... I didn't give you homework last week because I don't give homework, but uh, I did give you some tasks. Anybody did those uh, tasks that we uh, talked about? Uh, anybody read Romans once uh, and then read Romans 4 uh, a few times? Right on. Romans 4? I meant Romans 1 four times. That's what I meant, yeah. So, uh, and then there was also a, uh, a verse that maybe somebody was going to memorize. Did anybody memorize uh, Romans 1, 16 and 17? Anybody at all? Yeah? Oh, no Super Bowl tickets. Dang it, I had them. I was going to give them away. Jody's caught me in the hallway because Mitchell's... Oh, pray for Mitchell while he's teaching in the classroom. Right on. Um, She did catch me in the hallway and shout out the verse to me. So nobody knows it, huh? Nobody at all, Meredith. <laughs> she said it to me last night, but she is terrified to say it in front of people. So, <laughs> for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Right? You're doing great. All right. Well, 
That's good because I forgot to bring my uh, my prize. So it, it doesn't matter because because nobody does it did it. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, that, that's either way. It's just uh, something for us to do. So uh, do keep doing these things. I know that everybody's got stuff going on. Life is busy. Uh, that's what did you say? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even going to get... Does, does anybody want to share uh, on their questions? Because those were kind of personal. What? not appreciate the answers. So, uh, hey, I didn't... Uh, I just gave the questions. You, you're the one who's responsible for the answers of those questions. So, so anyway, I hope those things really do... Uh, do stretch us and grow us. Anyway, uh, if you got your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 1. Um, that's where we're at. We got through the introduction last week. and um, So I, w- I do want to say this. This is just from uh, a personal point from me. So I'm teaching, if you guys didn't know, a lot of you do know because some of you are in the class, but I'm teaching Romans uh, in HBI right now. And so, yeah, I know, it's crazy. Um, and so I'm spending a lot of time, like a lot of time, um, trying to get ready for that. Um, and trying to make sense of those notes, and obviously, those kinds of notes don't don't translate into like this type of a setting. They just don't. And so I tried to get through uh, Romans chapter one yesterday because I got I got 16 weeks to get through it in HBI. And so basically, what'd you say? Oh, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> and so I. Yeah. So I've got uh, I've got to get through it. So each 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 week is an hour and a half long. So I was like, okay, I've got an hour and a half to teach each chapter. And so it's not like just pulling out application things like we do in here. But this is like I've got the task of getting as much doctrine as I can out of it. And so I'm like, okay, chapter one it's mostly introduction. And we won't struggle too much. So I got through like uh, like 18 verses yesterday of chapter one. So I'm um struggling with that already. But anyway, I do want to say that um, I was already praying about doing some sort of a book study in here. And so the thought I had in my mind was, well, why don't I do Romans? Because I'm already going to be so immersed in it that it's like this is going to work out perfect. It doesn't work out as perfect as you would think. <laughs> because instead, I get ready to like to teach in Passpoint, and it's like all I have in my mind is the things that I'm supposed to be teaching in there, and it like, doesn't translate. And so I'm I'm struggling. So I was like, God, you're going to have to show me something today because um, I don't think that, you know, Passpoint really uh, would even so much care about some of the things that we were looking into as far as HBI stuff. But anyway, um, just pray for me because I'm, I'm really hoping that as we get farther ahead in Romans and HBI that it'll even out a little bit. But right now, because I'm in Chapter 1 and both, it's, I like, can't get my mind wrapped around this thing. So anyway, uh, so since nobody's got the verse, there's no prize. Um, I'll keep the Super Bowl tickets for myself. And um, I didn't say what year they were for, but either way. Um, anyway, so uh, we ended <laughs> we ended uh, last week with uh, with verse sixteen and seventeen because uh, you guys all memorized it. it. Says, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein." is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as is written, the just shall live by faith. And we talked about last week how that faith to faith is, you know, basically um, our believing faith, right? It takes faith to say, yes, God, I'll follow you. Um, and so we've got to somehow, um, and obviously this isn't quite the doctrinal uh, look at this, but this is kind of the inspirational thing I tried to pull out of was, we've got to go from our, just our simple faith of, yes, God, I'll follow you. Right? I mean, you got to get saved. It takes simple faith to do that. So yes, God, I'll follow you. And you've got the, the task of going from that faith 
to the faith of Christ, right? Meaning uh, you've got to transform yourself from babe in Christ who knows nothing other than, yes, I want to follow you, to you've got this task at hand, which obviously none of us are going to achieve, but it's a lifelong goal. It's called sanctification, to be more like Christ. To go from your simple saving faith to be as much like the faith of Christ as you can. And so that's kind of where we ended, right? We went through this long introduction, you know, uh, Seven verses of one sentence of uh, you know hey this is this is my introduction glad I glad I get to talk to you all these different things and so that's kind of where we ended and it, chapter one you would think would be you know just kind of wrap up that way or you know maybe say a little bit he switches but Paul switches gears pretty quickly uh, after verse seventeen he goes from let's talk about we're going to go from uh, just this faith to faith and you know doctrinally we're talking about you know your Old Testament faith like Chris pointed out last week because he's a Bible scholar you know we're talking about you know the Old Testament faith uh, of getting saved to this New Testament type of faith that Christ lived out for us and that's the doctrinal implication but I mean who needs that right now I'm just kidding but uh, so anyway we go from that to God switches gears pretty quickly, and he's like, hey, um, or not God, but it is the mind of God through Paul. Paul says, uh, hey, we need to discuss some things. We need to get some things uh, pointed out. And so, for as much as, uh, and I was pointing this out to the HBI class yesterday, for as much as the book of Romans is a uh, an awesome book to assure you of your salvation in Christ. Like you can grab this thing and you can read this book and you can be 100% sure, right? That's why we call it the Romans Road. Well, you can be so sure that you're saved, that you're sanctified, that, that you're living to be sanctified, right? That you're on the right track. You can be 100% sure. Well, guess what? Romans is also a really good book to make you 100% sure that you're on the wrong path if you're on the wrong path, right? And, and it just completely lays it out there. There is no gray area. I love it, right? Because it's black and white. It assures you that, yes, this is the things you need to be doing. And, hey, if these are the things you are doing, um, well, there's a problem with that. And we're going to look into some of that today. So um, when you think of God, so this is a little bit of interaction here because, you know, I always ask questions you guys never answer. But... Uh, if you think of God, give me, if you had one word to describe God, what would you give? And I know you're all going to have different answers, but somebody, maybe one of you will come up with the right answer. Almighty. Almighty. That's a really good one. Holy. What? Holy. Loving. Holy. Just. Just. Light. light. He is light. You're right. That's, that's a very correct answer. God is light. Right? There's all these different words, right? Um, the first word that comes to my mind is love. Like God is love. You know, if God wasn't love, then um, you know we would be uh, in a world of hurt. Um, but the overarching theme that I think we really need to see, because once again, Chris is always right. God is holy, right? I that was Pat. Oh, it was Pat. I thought it was Chris that said that. Okay, well, good. <laughs> I was guessing. Oh no, but I mean, and, 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 those, those are all right answers, right? But I was, this, I kind of want to get our minds kind of tracking on the the right the right way that Paul's talking here. But God is holy, right? Um, God is absolutely holy. Does that mean that uh, we're we're kind of screwed? No. Uh, because the Bible says, be ye holy as I am holy. He wants you to be like Him. Now, does that mean that we're holy? No. Does it mean we can't be holy? No, it doesn't mean that either. 
What does that mean? Well, you can be more holy every day. You can be more like Christ every day. Does that mean you're going to be Christ? Absolutely not. But you can be more like it. You can live a holy lifestyle. Does that mean you're perfect? Nope. Right? Not at all. Uh, It's no different than when in the book of Job it says that uh, he was perfect and he sheweth evil. Does that mean he never did anything wrong? No. Um, That word perfect and that word holy are a lot alike, right? You can be holy. Does that mean you're perfect or sinless? No. But it's a good word to describe you. So, God is holy. And if if God is holy, and some of you kind of know where I'm going with this because you know a lot of you have read this chapter over and over and over again. If God, if God is holy, then what else must He be? If He's holy, He has to be just. That word just, right? And so you're like, well, what does that mean? You know, Well, just is just simply... Uh, Balanced. It is a hundred percent balanced. Uh, there is no uh, unbalancedness of it, right? And these are just my words. You know, just kind of letting things fall out of my brain right now. But if he is, if he is just, then there has to be an equal. What, what is the law? One of those laws, right? Uh, there's a for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction, right? That's why the little the little ball thing will go back and forth, you know, if you've got a good one anyway. Uh, and so, our kids had one of those one time and that thing got so tangled up that none of the balls did anything. Actually, through the oh, well, I mean, anyway, but that's the kind of the, the, the law of something, right? Like, I've never told you, I've, I've told you guys a lot of things. I'm not a mathematician. Uh, I'm not a scientist. I definitely am not a, a English uh, major. So I'm not sure what I am, but uh, none of those things. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's the law of all of those. And so if, if he is holy and he is just, then everything that happens, there has to be an equal and opposite reaction. And that's what makes him just. So what does that mean? It means that... Uh, for as powerful and as awesome as he was when he uh, died to save your sin, to save you from your sin, uh, he he is uh, that perfect on this side. He has to be as equally and oppositely against what is the opposite of that, right? So if you've got uh, holiness uh, and righteousness over here, well, what do you have over here? Well, what's the difference of holiness? Would be unholiness. Righteousness would be sin, right? So there has to be a difference. He can't be. Yes, uh, I'll save you from your sin, but at the same time, if you choose not to, to be holy, well then, you know, I'll, I'll forgive you for that too. Well, He does forgive you if you accept Him, but you can't just choose to live that lifestyle. And so I'll, I'll make more sense of what I'm talking about. So, th- that's kind of what we're going to look at today. So, the other, side of, uh, the other side of the coin, the one that we never look at, right? We, we see salvation on one side of the coin, and that's the one we always want to focus on. But the other side of the coin... If one side is grace, then the other has to be what? Wrath. If one side of the coin is grace, the other side has to be God's wrath. If you've got God's grace on one side, and we, yeah, we're going to focus on that uh, 99 times out of 100, it doesn't change the fact that on the other side of that coin, if He is just, then the other side of the coin is God's wrath. And you're like, okay, well, that's reserved for uh, revelation, right? Well, absolutely. And if you're saved, you're going to be raptured out of here, and you're not going to have to deal with all that. But it doesn't change the fact that it's still equally true, right? I'm, I'm trying to make myself sound smarter than I really am, but um, it really is. It's, it's the complete opposite. So if one side is grace, the other must be wrath. If one side is salvation, then the other side is damnation. That's just the way it is, right? If one side is, uh, of this coin is salvation, then the other side of a just coin is going to be the opposite. It's damnation. If one side is freedom of Christ, the other is 
prison with Satan. That's just that's the simple uh, logic of a just God. That's how, that's who He is. Now that is why most of the world chooses to reject Christ because, well, for one, they don't want to give up their sinful lifestyle, and if they don't give their sinful lifestyle up, they know that that puts them on the opposite end of a just God, and so then they just say, I don't believe. Well, it doesn't mean you really don't believe. You just don't want to believe that God is who He says He is. But that's a conversation for a different day. So that's just kind of all introduction to what we're going to get into, right? So today I've got seven things uh, that keep us on the wrong side of the coin. That's not the title, but those are... If you want to be on the wrong side of the coin, here's seven things. So uh, in other... I, I titled it Seven Failures of the creation that keeps them separated from the Creator. Seven? <laughs> Brady looked at me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brady looked at me with like the most puzzled look. And <laughs> Seven failures of the creation that keep them separated from the Creator. And that's what we're going to look at today. Seven failures from the creation that keep them separated from the Creator. Let's just read through uh, what we're going to look at today because we've got a little bit of time. And then, uh, um, say I say right now we've got a little bit of time. In ten minutes, I'm going to be like, we're running out of time. So that's how it works. But uh, let's read through this, and then I'll circle back around and we'll get going. So uh, in, in verse 18, so we just got done reading about from faith to faith, right? We're all fired up, right? Uh, we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're going to go you know, charge hell with a squirt gun, right? That's what Paul's getting us fired up for. And then he... Sorry. <laughs> What's the second half of that? <laughs> Seven, seven failures of the creation. That, that keep them separated from the Creator. Oh, thank you. No, it's perfect. I would rather you ask than just be confused the entire time. So. Everybody else wanted to ask. So. <laughs> we just got done from faith to faith. We're all fired up, right? We're ready to get it done. And then Paul's like, okay, well, before we go there, I need to switch gears. So in verse 18 he says, for the wrath of God is revealed. Well, where did that come from? We were just talking about from faith to faith. Now we're talking about God's wrath. That's how it works. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Not just some. Not just a little bit of it. Not just the really bad stuff. For all unrighteousness. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness because, verse 19, that which, we, uh, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Verse 20, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His external power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful that became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made into or made like to corruptible man, to birds, to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through their lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So we're going to stop there because I think that's all I'm going to be able to get through, right? And so we'll finish the rest of the chapter next week. But we're going through. He gives this introduction. It's chapter 1. Like you thought he would have at least wait until you know, chapter 2. Well, you got to realize that when Paul wrote this letter, there were no chapter breaks, right? Uh, he, he just basically wrote a letter. Uh, I would encourage you to do that. Um, now, you're going to look at me like I'm crazy, but remember that the book of Romans was written as a letter. 
Um, so if somebody was to write you a letter, now I know for one, people don't write letters anymore, but if you, if you were to write a letter, and, huh? Sorry. What? Not true, and I totally forgot to show it to you. <laughs> Completely different. I'm sorry. Oh, I think I know exactly what you're talking about anyway. Um, been a really fun week at my house, so... Uh, uh, love my kids to death. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. A letter. So he wrote this as a letter. If somebody was to write you a letter, are you going to just read part of it and be like, okay, I'll get to, I'll get another part tomorrow, All right? And then I'll get to the another part tomorrow. If somebody was to write you a letter, even if it was a long letter, you're probably going to read it from beginning to end. So I, I would encourage you to, at some point, read Romans from beginning to end. Because it was a letter to them. You know, it wasn't like they got together one day and they're like, okay, hey, Paul wrote us a letter. We're going to read part of it today and we'll get to the rest of it tomorrow. Right? Now, I get it. We were all short on time and that's how, you know, I read a few chapters a day uh, to get, but I would encourage you at some point, read it all the way through. Because it is a letter from beginning to end. And so I, that has nothing to do with anything other than it just popped into my brain. So I should have made that like an HBI assignment. They had to do it once a week or something. I guess I still can, but anyway. Uh, I just pray on it. <laughs> okay, so uh, anyway, so they just get done. He, he, he writes the introduction. He, he gives uh, what everybody knows is one of the coolest part of the book of Romans in uh, chapter 116, uh, chapter 1 and verse 16. He's not ashamed of the gospel, right? Everybody knows the verse. Uh, and he, he gives this, you know, from faith to faith. And then he switches gears very quickly. He says, for I'm or, um, sorry, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. He doesn't even start with, hey, the grace of God. He just says, hey, you know, for, for as much as everybody knows about the book of Romans, that it's all about showing you the love of God and how to get saved, it also shows you very quickly um, some of the problems that we've got to deal with. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodly. He doesn't say against some. It doesn't say against just the worst of the bad things that we do. It doesn't say against, um, you know, the things that, uh, we really don't like, right? It doesn't say against those who just kill people or those who uh, just rape people or those who, uh, you know, just steal a large amount of money. <laughs> like, it, it, in our society, you know, we've got two different types of crimes. There's uh, felonies and misdemeanors, right? Now, praise God, I don't really know how that whole thing works, but I know that we, we, we classify, like, this sin is worse than this sin. Well, at the end of the day, guess what? God says sin is sin. And any and all unrighteousness puts you on the opposite side of the coin very quickly. There is no, well, I, I did more. No, that's all, that's all bogus, guys. Any and all sin puts you on the opposite side of the coin. And it says, it, it says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. If God is righteous, and, and uh, I'm going to quit trying to make these references that I made yesterday, but uh, this was a really good one that um, when I was going through the, the notes for HBI. But God is, uh, well, let's just call it he's allergic to sin. Right? So some of you uh, are allergic to something. Um, and it's not like, I, I would like to say I'm allergic to snakes, right? But I'm really not. Uh, I just really don't like them. And I would really rather never be in their presence ever. But it doesn't make me allergic to them, right? I just don't like them. Well, God doesn't uh, just not like sin. He is completely like allergic to it. He has this natural reaction. If you're allergic to uh, a cat or like ragweed or something, like your body revolts against it. You, you like can't breathe at times. Uh, I've seen my wife's eyes like swell up completely. And I'm like, 
man, what is wrong with you? Because like, I'm not, uh, at least up to this point in my life, I've, I don't have like any major allergies. And so it's like those things are completely foreign to me. But you think about it like this. God is allergic to sin. If He is in the presence of it, no different than if a person who is allergic to a cat is in the presence of a cat or somebody who is allergic to ragweed or whatever it is, uh, their body like revolts to it. That's what God is to sin. If it's in His presence, it, it like has to go away. Because God is perfect and He can't be in that state. And so you have to understand that all unrighteousness, right? All sin, all bad, all little lies, all bad thoughts, all you fill in the blank because I could go all day, right? Those are the things that put you on the wrong side of the coin, right? Those are the things that get you on the wrong side of where you need to be, right? So all it says all unrighteousness... Um, in men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, right? In verse 19. So here's your first one. Uh, here's your first failure of the creation. They make excuses for not knowing God, right? You want to know how creation ends up on the wrong side? They, they end up separated from the Creator, from God. They make excuses for not knowing Him. Why well, didn't know that? They claim ignorance, right? Well, if I only would have known. Well, that's not a very good excuse, and I'll tell you why. Verse 19 says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. So basically, uh, anything about God is manifest in them. Well, how? Nobody ever told me, right? I've, I've heard this argument. Well, I'm going to show you. For God has showed it unto them. Well, how has He showed it? Well, good thing that it keeps going. It says, For the invisible things of Him... So, you know, anything, everything, you know, God... I've never seen God face-to-face, like in person, uh, per se, but I know He's there. For the invisible things of Him from creation of the world are clearly seen. Well, how? Well, here's how, finally. Being understood by the things that are made. Right? Understood by the things that are made. Even His external power and God has there without excuse. So what does that mean? Let me explain to you what that means. There is nobody who's ever walked the face of this earth that didn't at some point think, that's really cool. Like that tree started as a seed and it grew into nothing, or it grew into a tree. Right? That's really cool that every day, at the same time of day, morning, this big ball comes up, right? It shines light on the world. It's warm, right? This time of year, not as warm as it could be, but it's warm. <laughs> you know, and all these different things, right? You see the mountains? Yeah, I bet they just jumped up there all on their own, right? You know, and I'm, I'm sure that the the ocean, right? It just decided uh, when it was, you know, you know, you know, being farted out of existence because that's what happened in the Big Bang Theory, right? Uh, it just decided that this is as far as I'm going to go. I'm going to go this point and I'm going to stop. Right? That nobody that's ever, even even the people who have never heard the Bible, right? At some point they've said, huh. They've seen kids uh, be born. Uh, let's not even get into that, right? They've seen people uh, grow and mature, right? They see that somehow uh, I look like my physical father, Right? And all of these different things that naturally happen, that science is going to say, well, yeah, they naturally happen. You're right, they do, because that's how God created it, right? No one was without excuse. I don't remember exactly how it was phrased in the notes yesterday, but it basically said that uh, you don't have to have a Bible to know God because God is everywhere. You know, somewhere along. God is, he is everywhere. You don't have to have a Bible to know who God is. And so basically... We make excuses for not knowing God because that's the first excuse people want to know, people want to give. 
You know, what about the guy on the mountain who's never heard the gospel, right? Because we say if you didn't get saved uh, before the rapture happens, you know, and, and I've heard this question over and over again. Every, every time I teach you two, I get this question, right? But what about them? Well, it's a good question because we know that if you've heard the gospel and you rejected it, then obviously you know, you're not going to be granted access into heaven. That's just the way it works. Okay, but what about if I didn't hear it? Well, here's the deal. Just because you didn't hear it didn't mean you didn't know it. Right? Now, I'm not, and, and I'll explain this the best way that I can explain it because I've got six more points to get through. Um, I'm not going to say, and, and this, is, this is me, I'm not going to say that those people who never heard the quote-unquote gospel, if they didn't bow their knee and say, Jesus Christ, I want you to be my Lord, right? Take over my life. I want to get saved the way that we have to do. Um, they might not have to go about it that way, but there's a time in their life where they're like, even if they've never heard it, they make a decision that something created this and, and I, want, I want to be on the right side of that, right? Now, like, that's why we have what's called the Great White Throne Judgment. If you want to know what I'm talking about, you know, take D2, right? Really, it's at the end of D1 as well. But anyway, um, th- that's what that's reserved for because God is going to be the just judge for those things. Now, if you heard the gospel from the Word of God, it's different for you. But at the end of the day, you know it. Right? So stop making excuses that I've never heard that before. You're all born with what? This ability to know, kind of differentiate between right and wrong. I know pretty simply that I'm not supposed to kill somebody. And I knew that before the law told me that. Right? I knew that I'm not supposed to go sleep with another woman other than my wife. And I know that even before the Bible told me I shouldn't. Right? And those are some pretty extreme examples, obviously. We know, obviously... I probably ought not look at that, right? Yeah, but nobody knows. That's your conscience saying, hey, God implanted something in you, and whether you believe it or not, you're revolting against what God has put in place, right? Those kinds of things. Don't, don't give me the, the, the argument, well, I, 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 I've never heard it, right? Because that's what we do. We make excuses for not knowing God. Right? And that's what he's saying. He says so, and at the end of verse 20, he says, so that they are without excuse. Everybody knows it. Now, do you, do you know it? You know, book, chapter, verse? Maybe not, and that's fine. You knew that there was a God. Everyone knows that the universe didn't just pop out of nothing. It doesn't happen that way. Right? There was a big bang. It was the day that God said, let there be light. I'm sure it was kind of exciting. Right? If science would just get on the same page, it would all make sense. But, you know, it didn't just happen. Don't get me, get me all fired up about something. <laughs> right? Moving on. They, they make excuses for not knowing God. Verse 21. There's a couple of them here, but let's just go through the verses. Because that, when they knew God, so obviously there was a time when they did, right? When they knew God, he already knew that they did, uh, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their uh, foolish heart was darkened. So at the beginning of uh, verse 21, here's, here's your second failure. They don't put God in His rightful place. They don't put God in His right. You want to end up on the wrong side of the Creator? On the wrong side of the coin? Don't put God in His rightful place. But where's His rightful place? I don't know. Where is God right now? God the Father's in heaven. God the Son is where? He's sitting on the right hand, right? He's there. He is ready. That's where he's at. He is he is high and lifted up. Right? We sing those songs and it's like, yeah, I sing those songs in church, but there's a reason that the words are the way they are. He is high and lifted up, shining in the light of his glory, right? He is, and so when we don't put him in his proper place, 
in our life, right? Then obviously we're all of a sudden back on the wrong side, right? Now, I'm not saying that you can lose your salvation. Don't get me confused at all. You guys know that that's not where I'm getting at. But if you choose to be that way, that's what he's talking about. The wrath of God uh, has a place. Because if, if, if holiness is over here, there has to be an opposite to it. It says, because that when they knew God, because at some point in every person's life, they recognize the fact that there's a God. Right? Even if they don't know what to call Him. Right? There's a Creator. You can say that. Something made this happen. Now, they may decide one day after that that, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's just, okay, well, what he's saying is because when they knew God, that everybody had this point. Anybody who wants to claim to be an atheist to me, I claim, um, well, I don't, I don't believe it, right? I, I don't believe it. That's an easy argument for somebody who doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to basically have the discussion, right? That's an easy argument. You can say that you did believe and you've chosen not to believe, right? But there, you're not going to tell me that uh, there is no God. Right? So we're not even going to go down that road. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Right? They glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful. When you get saved, you're created for a purpose. What is it? To glorify God. You have one purpose in life. Well, what about being happy? Yeah, that's like, um, well, I'd say it's at the bottom of the list, but it's not even on the list, right? Uh, you have one purpose, and it is to glorify God. You're created for His pleasure, is what uh, Revelation 4.11, I think, is what the verse says, right? Uh, that is what we are created for, for His pleasure. That's why you're here, right? So if we're talking about being happy, we want to make God happy. Uh, you knew God, and you glorified Him not as God. You want to know why you're on... Why the creation separate? Why you're on the wrong side of the coin? Right? Why you're separated? You don't put God in His rightful place. You see Him as God at one point in your life, and then you come to a point where you're like, "Yeah, but, yeah, but," right? And as soon as you get there, you know it's a slippery slope. And I'm not even talking about Christians, right? Now we can talk about back, talk about backslidden Christians all day long. I'm talking about just the lost world who knew that God existed and chose not to follow Him. Why? Because they're too into sin, man. Sin is too sweet. But it's not, right? It's not. It, it's not. I'm not going to go down that road because it's not worth going down, right? It's not that good. He says they glorified Him not as God. And he says, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination. So here's the next step, right? So, so they, so they, uh, they glorify him not as God. Well, okay, when when God's not God anymore, then all of a sudden things start going downhill very quickly, right? Where does it start? It says they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Your next failure of the creation, they think that they can think better than God thinks. <laughs> They think they can think better than God thinks. That's the next thing that happens. They say, yeah, okay, yeah, there's a, there's a creator, there's a God. But uh, maybe I'm, I'm not so sold on that, right? Because if there's a God, then that means that uh, basically I'm under Him and I don't want to be under Him because I don't like, uh, you know, nobody's going to tell me what to do. So, And so it says the what? It says they become vain in their imaginations. 
and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They think they can think better than God thinks. They, they, they start to convince themselves that, you know what? Maybe, maybe He created me with a brain. You know, because if He is the Creator, maybe He created me with a brain that's a little bit better than His. Reminds me of uh, Isaiah 14. You know, Lucifer himself says, uh, you know what? I, 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 I will be like God. I will be above the clouds. I will, you know what? I'll just be God. That's what happens, right? We start to think that our, our thinking is a little better than his thinking. Right? That's the next failure. We start to think that, you know, maybe, and, and this is so prevalent in today's world, because we, we like to say that, yeah, okay, the Bible was great 100 years ago. The Bible was great 300 years ago. The Bible was great 500 years ago. But, I mean, come on, it's way outdated now. And if you're going to want to use the Bible, we've at least got to change it up some. We've at least got to make it modified to today's society. Right? That's what we say. We have to try for that What's that? It's called stinking thinking. I'm telling you. That's exactly right. We start thinking that, you know, if you're going to try to give me this holy standard, we've at least got to change it up to match today's world. Explain, what? You, so, okay, yeah, let's just throw God's holiness out the window and let's go ahead and change it to today's, to today's standard. Then why are we here? Right? If it's just going to be, you know, everybody's feelings and whatever, right? That's what happens though. We start to think that our logic today, our thinking today is a little better than God's thinking. That's what gets you separated, right? That's what happens. They think they can think better than God thinks. Verse 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Right? That's the next thing that happens. They give the glory of God to something they can see. They give the glory of God into something they can see. That's your next thing. But what does that mean? People get so wore out with I don't even know if God is real because He's not doing anything in my life. So instead, they're like, you know what I can see? I can see this big house. I'm going to worship that thing. I can see this shiny new car. I'm going to worship that thing. I can see my kids. Man, they're so pretty because they look like me. I'm going to worship those things. Right? But whatever it is, my kids don't look like me at all, so I can say that. Um, No matter... They start to worship something they can see, something tangible, right? Give me something I can hold. Read through your Old Testament. Man, they were worshiping everything. Read through your New Testament. Paul goes to these places, man. He goes to, uh, he goes to Athens and he preaches on Mars Hill and he's like, man, y'all are so superstitious that you've got, uh, you've got an image to the unknown God because just in case we missed one, we're going to worship this one too. <laughs> Paul's like, you guys are so, you're so crazy. That's what we do, man. We start saying, you know what? God's not real because He's not working. He's not working because you're not following. He's working, you just don't see it. He's working for something a little bigger than what you're thinking. You're thinking you want something good to happen in your life. He's thinking He wants you to get saved. Right? And instead, we start worshiping something else. Something we can see, something we can hold, something that's right here. Right? And a lot of times, you know what it is? It's the mirror. Because, man, I've got it going on. Right? That's what we tell ourselves. I've got this figured out. 
Now, maybe I did this wrong a little bit, but I'm not going to do that anymore. Or maybe I got that off a little bit, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I've got this figured out. And we start worshiping something that we can see, something that we can hold. Right? They give the glory of God, or the glory of God, to something they can see, something they can hold. That's what happens. It says that you know, and here's what they were doing. It says, uh, "And change the glory of the uncorruptible God uh, into an image made like corruptible man, into birds, into four-footed beasts." At this time, they were they were worshiping birds. They were worshiping like made images. If you go back in history, that's honestly what they were doing. And so that's what he's that's what he's referring to. He's not just really talking about you know us are us were worship. He's not talking about us and the. You know, 21st or what is it? Is it the 22nd century now? I don't even know. Okay, whatever. Uh, it's the 21st century that, you know, uh, yeah. See, I don't even know. Right? He's not talking about us worshiping our, you know, 70 inch TVs or whatever it is that we worship, right? He's talking about even way back then, right? 775, right? Hey, Chiefs game's on today. I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> he's talking about. They were really doing this. And guess what? We do it today. You know, Lauren can tell you stories. I, I've been there not near in the, the way that she's been there. But like in India, they really do. They worship idols, things that they can hold in their hand. You get in their cars and they've got these little garland strips and they've got little things plastered on their uh, dash, right? It's their little gods, their little idols. And you look at it and it's like, that's so silly. No, I'm sure they look at us and they're like, Look at these guys. They're chasing around a soccer ball, right? They're chasing around their, their kids. They're chasing around, you know, whatever it is. And those idols are so dumb, right? Who cares? It's two sides of the same coin. They're both bad. The whole point is that's what we do. We change. We start giving the glory of God to something we can see. Moving on, we got to get moving. Verse 24. Wherefore, so like I said, God's allergic to sin. God can't do this anymore. So if this is what's going to be going on, he's got to do something about it. Wherefore, God also gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And you know where this is going. We'll get into it next week. But basically he says, you know what? God says, I can't be a part of that. And I gave you free will. So if that's how you want to live, then okay, that's how you can live. I am no, I have no part of it. Right? It's no different than like... Uh, uh, a parent, right? They've got pretty good authority over their child till they're, you know, 18 or whatever the age is. You know, every teenager wants to tell you that, you know, they can leave whenever they're how, whatever. You know, you, you've got authority till a certain age, and then past that point, all you can do is say, "This is what is right," and if you're going to do that, I want no part of it, right? And step back. That's all you can do. That's what God is doing at this point. He says, you know what? I'm giving you free will because I could put my thumb on you and say this is how it's going to be, but He gives us free will. And remember that. So He says, if that's how it's going to be, I want no part of it. Here's the next thing that happens in verse 24. The next failure. They give their heart to somebody that doesn't belong. They give their heart to somebody that doesn't belong. Read the verse again. It says, Therefore God also gave them... Uh, up to their own uncleanness <clears throat> through the lust of their bodies? No, it says through the lust of their hearts. The lust of their hearts, it starts with the heart, and then what happens? To dishonor their own body. What happens when you give your heart to somebody? I give my heart to God. What does that mean? It means He gets my feet as well. Whatever you want me to do, sir, yes, sir. You get my body. Right? What happens when a teenage girl gives her heart to the wrong thing? Wow. 
if somebody was listening to this, I'm sorry for that. Um, <laughs> uh, teenage girl gives her heart to the wrong thing. What happens? A lot of times her body goes with it, right? You see the picture there? Uh, they give their heart to somebody that doesn't belong. God says, hey, uh, I need your heart, right? And we're going to talk about this throughout the entire book of Romans. There's going to be a heart surgery that goes on. And I'm going to fix this thing. But if you're going to give it to somebody that doesn't, it doesn't belong, then I want no part of it. Because guess what? It starts, it doesn't say, it doesn't say in verse 24, uh, through the lust of their bodies, it says the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies. Right? And I'm sure that everybody can go back in time and, and say, yeah, I, I get that, right? We've all got times in our life where we did something. Okay, we can go back and look at the physical picture all we want, right? I'm not teaching the youth. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is you need to give your heart to the right thing, Jesus Christ, so your body can follow to the right thing. Because if it's not, if you've got your heart somewhere else and you're trying to give your body to the church, you mean, you, you look like a fool is what I'm saying. You're walking in the flesh. All right? I don't really have time to make that point, but you know. anyway, moving on. So they give their heart to somebody that doesn't belong. Verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, right? And worship the and serve the creature more than the Creator. Um, so the beginning of verse 25. Here's your sixth thing. They take God's absolutes and they make them relative, right? They take God's absolutes and they make them relative. What does that mean? What is an absolute? It is something that is guaranteed, right? It is something that is for sure going to happen. They take God's absolutes that says, yes, accept me and you'll get saved. And they say, yeah, but... Right? They say, well, this is truth. Truth is uh, that this, 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 and this this will happen. Okay, yeah. But, you know, the atheist, quote-unquote atheist, right, wants to tell you that all truth is relative. Right? Well, Lecrae had something to say about that in one of his rap songs. He says, so if, if all truth is relative... And everybody gets to believe what they believe, right? And so that's your argument. You know, if you want to believe that, that's fine. I'm going to believe this. Okay, so, uh, but, but what if my truth says your truth is a lie? Is it still truth? Hmm, right? You're telling me that, uh, you know, truth is that, you know, everything is, well, what if my truth says your truth is a lie? See, that's the whole thing. It can't be relative. But that's what we want to do. It says that we change the truth of God into a lie. We take everything that God says is, and we say, is it? Right? What happened? Genesis chapter 3, that's what happened. We took the truth of God and we turned it into a lie. Right? And I say we, you're like, I wasn't there. Um, you were. Right? Your mommy and daddy were there. You know, grandma and grandpa, Adam and Eve, they were there. Right? We take, we take God's absolutes and we make them relative. Alright, and the last one, the end of verse 25. It says, and worshipped and served, because that's what we do. We don't serve God, we serve ourselves. The creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever, amen. And Paul throws that last little bit in there, and I'm not even going to get to that. Who is blessed forever, amen. He puts that in there as like, a man, there is hope, because He is blessed forever, amen. But you guys aren't following Him, right? So that's not what I'm talking about. So here's the last thing. They put themselves in the place of God. You want to end up on the wrong side of the coin. You want to end up... You know, You want to know what the failure is that keeps you separated from the Creator? You basically, at the end of the day, you say, you know what? I'm God. I'm my own God. I get to do this thing. I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want, and maybe one of these days, if I want, I'll choose to follow God. I mean, come on. You're making yourself look like a fool. 
uh, that argument, like uh, that that one itself, just really gets under my skin. Like I'm going to do whatever I want, and if I want, I'll follow God. Like, come on. The only reason that you're still alive is because God hasn't let like a drop of His wrath pass the dam yet. Because if He did, you'd be gone. You have to think about that. The wrath of God is like a lake. And what keeps a lake in inside of itself? Well, at the end of the day, it's a dam, right? And what happens if the dam breaks? It's going to get bad really quick for anybody who's downstream. Well, guess what? Every now and then, people want to say, why do bad things happen, right? Why does that have to happen? Why did that happen? That's just like a, that's like a little drop of God's wrath that got out. And you're like, well, does that mean that God's mean? or No, God is just, right? He is completely just. And everything He does is perfect. Do we have to understand it completely? No. Right? But it's just a drop of God's wrath. And that's what's coming if you don't choose to repent and get on the right side now. All right, that's, that's the whole point. So that's all I got. That's your seven failures. Um, so here's, here's your week's tasks. If you, if you want to do them, you don't have to do them. So uh, it's going to seem redundant, but um, we're getting towards the end of chapter 1. You're going to read Romans, uh, the entire book of Romans one time. Right? Just continue to read the book of Romans one time this week. Um, read chapter 1 three times. Right? Oh my gosh, I've read this chapter over and over again. I'm going to finish Romans 1 next week, so you'll be done with Romans 1. Uh, here's a fun task. Here's one that most of you won't do, but this is part of it if you want to do it. Write out Romans 1 by hand. Write out Romans 1 by hand. It's good. I've done this before. Um, it really does. You'll see things. You're like, I've read this thing over and over and over again. You will see things when you write it that you didn't see uh, when you read it. Like, I didn't... No, that, that, that comma is in a, a different spot than I thought it is, right? And then all of a sudden it means something different, right? Or the italics... We talked about this in HBI yesterday. Remember, the italics are things that weren't actually in the Greek manuscript. So those are things that were added to make the English a little better. So really, you could take... When you read it, you could kind of take the italics out and say, you know, when he says called, and in italics it says to be saints, really what he's saying is you are called saints. It doesn't say you're called to be saints someday when you get really good. You know, so as you write it out, you'll start to see those things. Okay, so write it out once, and then uh, here's one more uh, thing that I want you to try to do, and I'll explain more how to do this as we go. But just try to do this. Do your best to find what you think the key verse and the key word are for Romans chapter one. Like what you think the key verse and the key word might be, and we'll talk about that at the beginning of class next week. Like why you think that is what it is and you know what it really might be and we'll go from there. So that's what it is for this week. So I know some of you guys are really excited about doing this. Some of you are like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. You don't have to do any of it. Um, but there's some people in here that really uh, are digging this and it's really making their Bible pop. And so we're going to do it. And if you don't want to, that's fine. Just come and uh, listen to the preaching. But if, if not, these are things that we can do to just continue to make Bible study real. So let's pray. Uh, we'll get out of here. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. Uh, I thank you for loving us, God. I thank you for... Really just saving us, Lord. I thank you for the book of Romans because it makes it completely black and white. Lord, we can be on the right side of your wrath and know that we are completely sealed and secure uh, and safe. But at the, at the end of the day, Lord, we could also be 
uh, rebellious, and you're very clear on what happens if we're rebellious. And so, God, uh, I thank you for that. Uh, Lord, I do uh, pray for anybody who uh, might be listening to this uh, online, stumbling to it somehow. That uh, God, if you're on the wrong, if they're on the wrong side of this thing, God, that they'd be right with it, uh, because you are, you just desire for them to be on the right side of your wrath. Because if you're going to be a just God, uh, you have to be holy, and this is the things that have to happen. Um, so, God, I do uh, pray you just send us out this week as uh, lights in a dark world that you just be magnified in our lives. I pray this all in Christ.